Hello and welcome to uh, BA Brew. Uh, I'm Pete. Hello, I'm Denny. And I'm Jonathan. And today we're going to be talking about Moon Rose Fich. And uh, I've, I've gone for the English spelling there, or the English pronunciation, because I, I don't want to attempt the Dutch, but I'm, I'm sure uh, I'm sure Danny will uh, will oblige for us in a moment. So I'm, I'm sure everyone's kind of desperate to find out what these three seemingly unrelated words are all about. So, uh, so Danny, I don't know whether you could uh, kick us off. Okay, yes. Thank you, Tom. Moonrose uh, fish is translated into Dutch as maan roos vis. Almost the same words, I think. Uh, but to, to many Dutch people, it's a well-known set of three words uh, which indicate uh, at elementary level, learning to read and write. It's a very popular, even commercially available method for schools to, to start off with elementary reading and writing for young kids. So if you drop the words man, roast fish in a Dutch environment, a lot of people will nod and say, we know that, our kids, or maybe if they're young enough, uh, they themselves uh, connect that to learning to read and write. So very basic uh, language system. So and significant. Oh, sorry, sorry. Didn't to, to, to... Well, I, I came on to Moonrose Fish because I think it's, uh, it's a lot nicer than ABC. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a bit dull. And it also indicates to me a kind of a, an elementary, back to basic thought about our business of business analysis and specifying uh, IT technology systems. So that, that, that's the thought and that's the, the catchphrase, uh, back to basic, moon rose fish. You might even say a small, small internal checklist, uh, is everything in order? Do we have moon rose fish? Right, yeah, so, so it's, it, it's the, the foundations, the fundamental, Elements then in in that say in that in that sense. Um, Jonathan, you know, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I, I, I need to know what they are. I'm, I'm, I know I know Danny's given us a bit of a brief intro pre-pod, but um, Danny, could you could you? Yeah. I, I see they they relate to the IT component, the IT requirements. What 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 does Moonrose Fish mean yeah. individually? Yeah, uh, to me, and it's not a. Uh, a, a formal way of uh, of connecting these things. It's 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 it's, it's, it's for me personally uh, a catchphrase. Uh, in Dutch, it's called an ezelsbruggetje, but I will not ask you to pronounce or translate that. Uh, it's it's a rule of thumb, you might say. Uh, and to me, it stands for uh, three very basic uh, parts of the specification requirements, you might say of an IT system. And in that uh, moon, man, to me stands for the things that the system is about, the things that you need to register, things that you need to process. Uh, formally, you might call it the data model, data description. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, rows stands for me stands for the things, how things look. So the user interface, the way screens, reports, look at a rose is a beautiful thing. And, uh, the way it looks is 
represented but to me by rows. Mm -hmm. And fish is to me connected to uh, movement, to dynamic uh, behavior. So it stands for the, the activities, the rules, uh, uh, you might say the process changes that are to be specified in any IT system. So if you have those three elements, the things, the way it looks, and the way it behaves, uh, you're on your way to uh, specifying the, the complete description, requirements, you might call it several things, of a system. So, so I mean, that, that, that's an interesting one. I mean, to, to me, that can kind of correspond a little bit in, in terms of um, data modeling and process modeling and dynamic modeling and things. We often talk about there being sort of three views of a system. So I think there's a, a definite connection there. Um, Jonathan, any other thoughts? So I, I quite like it. I like the, um, like the ABC, you've got to learn your ABC. So you've got to learn to walk before you can run. And so this is a, as a model, if we're starting out thinking if we've got a complete set of requirements for an IT solution, we've thought about what things, does it contain the data? What does it look like the interface? And then what it does, the activity and the rules. And, and I, I really like the, 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 the inclusion of the rules. I think business rules are often overlooked in mm. terms of the level of importance. The other thing that I think is often overlooked, and I'm probably guilty of this, is looking at the data. Um, and I don't know whether or not it's because I come from a process background, um, hence I'm a bit more comfortable with the activity and the rule side, but but um, the data that the solution is going to contain, the, the requirements for that data, I think lots of VAs are fearful of looking at and um, maybe, maybe don't learn that area of business analysis or IT requirement specification and maybe as much as they could, mm. um, which I, I do think is really important. Um, and I quite like it, it's ABC, but we know that there's other things in the alphabet. So we can, we can expand beyond the IT system requirements. We can look at the holistic yeah. business system as well. But if we don't, if we get these core fundamentals wrong or we miss one of them, there's, there's a problem or there's likely to be a problem in terms of our requirements yeah. and then the end solution. So, uh, the, the beauty for, for me is also that you know, Moonlow's fish doesn't suggest any order and it doesn't suggest any importance. So, because if you say ABC or if you say one, two, three, which is also a nice catchphrase, that immediately suggests some, you know, the first, the next, and then the next. Yeah. And Moonlow's fish doesn't hold that connection at all. Mm. So, I, I sincerely believe that they're, they're equally important. Mm. And of course, I have my preferences. I once uh, a little anecdote, I once held an, uh, uh, a passionate talk uh, one evening about these three things, yeah? three modeling uh, types. And then at the end of the talk, I asked the audience, if you had to choose only one modeling uh, part, which one would you choose? And I did a Mentimeter. And to my disappointment, only 5% uh, of the people uh, voted for the moon, which, which I think is is a shame because I think the moon is more or less, the data is more or less mm. the fundamental thing you build the rest upon. Uh, but I can imagine that yeah, people like fish better or they, 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 uh, they, they look at the roads and, 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 and think it better than the moon. But 
But in essence, it is three different things which represent three different things which are equally important, which don't have an order or, or something like that. Mm. And if you say, Jonathan, I'm not the data model uh, enthusiast, it, it doesn't have to be that, that someone needs to get everything. So you can uh, you can ask someone to help you, or you can you can divide uh, the analysts amongst. Especially some people are better at you know uh, going into the dirty details of proper definitions or something like that, and other people are better at let's make it uh, look good. Hmm. I think that's that's a good point. Sorry, Jonathan, I didn't mean to to put in there, but I think I think that is a good point because. Um, certainly, a lot of BAs tend to be very pro process driven, like Jonathan. And I think that's one of the nice things about this this session is that you know Danny and I do have quite a, a detailed background in data. Um, we're, we're probably in the minority there, um, but a, a lot of BAs do tend to have that process view, but they don't always think about the other things. Sometimes there is that that maybe overemphasis on one view. Um, and, and what you're saying is, you know, that these are equally important. We, we need to think about all of them. Otherwise, we're not going to be successful in in, uh, in doing that. So I think that's that's quite an interesting angle. Um, and, and also, I, you know, as uh, an apprentice mentor on the BA apprenticeship scheme, as Jonathan is as well, um, we often find that the uh, the BA apprentices really struggle with the data side of things. And, you know, having tried to teach data, and data modeling to uh, to BAs for many many years now. I, I find that for some reason there's a bit of a mental block on on, on that, um, and and it's a bit of a shame because you know I, I I'm a, a big fan of, of of BAs you know trying to embrace as many different disciplines as possible. You know getting involved in some of the UX stuff and understanding the importance of that as well as the data as well as the process. Mm. Um, I wonder, Pete, if it's um, one of the reasons for a little bit of that mental block. Is it because we're used to configuring out of the box, off the shelf solutions and services, and those solutions and services have an inbuilt data model? And I, and I wonder if there's a little bit of laziness from some BAs, and I'm pointing at myself uh, here, with regard to making an assumption that the data model has been fully thought through and therefore I don't need to model the data aspects of the requirements. Now, we're just going to counter that. I think that if the data model of your off-the-self solution service doesn't fit your business, you need to recognize that very early on. And so I think, you know, there's been a, there's been a failure in requirements and selection if the solution that you've purchased or have leased doesn't fit your your business then it's never going to work you know so someone needs to needs to have looked at that but i think there's lots of bas that presume that that thinking's already happened mm. and therefore don't think that they need to model the data model mm. um what what do you guys think well it, it's not surprising because often it is it really is already thought through and and, and model etc but usually, people who create a off-the-shelf uh, solution uh, try to keep it, of course, as generic as possible, hmm. uh, which then uh, brings on the, you know, the, the salesmen who say, "We can uh, we can translate it to anything you want because it's very generic. Uh, it's just things." Uh, 
so so it's 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 not surprising that, that people think that it's, that it's already thought through and also you don't see data definitions uh you don't see relationships etc and, and built-in constraints and rules but you do see the rows you see the interface and you do see or experience the behavior and the business rules so it is it is it is more deep down or you might say even hidden within the, the things that you notice of the system this is this is quite enlightening for me really because I guess because I've always been very much on the data side of things, I, I've kind of struggled to understand, well, well, why don't BAs see the data as something as, as part of, you know, their, their discipline? I mean, you know, we have models like Poppit, don't we, you know, um, to, to think holistically, people, organisation, processes, information and technology. And I think, you know, that's fundamental to understand the information part. Well, I've, uh, I've always thought, you know, well, BA seem to think that it's actually something that somebody else's responsibility, it's more technical. And I guess because they are used to, to, to looking more at that user interface and talking about what something needs to do rather than what data needs to support all of that, that kind of makes absolute sense. Um, having said that, you know, I, I'm a big fan of, of getting to grips with the information, because if you don't understand the information, then how do you know that a particular solution, whether it's off the shelf or whether it's a bespoke solution, is actually going to support and meet the needs of the business? Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's an interesting one. Yeah, the salesperson saying, oh, yeah, we can configure the solution to do whatever you want in terms of the data sort of disarms quite early if 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 they're believed that that inquiry into the off-the-shelf solution or service um model and and i and i think maybe there's a lack of confidence to challenge and to say to the solution provider well, i want to see the data model i want to see what it looks like and and that there's um i i think maybe been a I don't know. You, you guys could could share your thoughts. So maybe a, a steering away from looking at the data models because of maybe a, a lack of skills, and then that combined with a lack of confidence, the presumption that someone else has done that work, or the data architect has done it, the solution architect has done it. Well, um, we, we, as as you might say, technicians, uh, talk about myself. Yeah? Uh, um, I'm, I'm an IT dinosaur, so not to say. We are a bit <laughs> You're not the only one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, luckily, we are not extinct yet. <laughs> but uh, perhaps we are a bit guilty of that ourselves, because uh, a, a lot of the, the data models that we show or produce or, or make look very technical and look very as if you need to, to really learn the, the, the language of those models. Mm. Uh, so I also often go, okay, if you don't want, or you don't, or you're not able to show me the, the data model, can you then at least show me so that we can agree on, you know, the, the definition of the things that are processed here? Mm. Because even looking really good into the definitions of the things that are processed, already help you in understanding the information that is around. Mm. But, but if you throw people, you know, class diagrams or whatever at them, it, it's quite natural to be scared 
uh, as opposed to if you throw uh, screen models or, or things like that to people, because they can recognize that and they can immediately relate that to, oh, that looks good. Oh, I see something, a button I can push on, etc. Mm -hmm. So it, it's a bit natural uh, for people to, to stay away from that ooh, tricky technical part of mm. data modeling or data definitions or something like that. So one of the things I do, Danny, is I try to use um, scenario analysis mm -hmm. to help with exploring can the data, does the data model fit? Is it adaptable or not? And so, so, so asking questions around if we've got a, a, a an off-the-shelf solution, maybe we're configuring. Can it be tailored to do this type of transaction? Can it contain this type of data? Um, and 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 it requires a bit of a bit of um, confidence to think of the scenarios, work with these stakeholders to think of the scenarios. But then the the other thing I think about here is the importance of prototyping as well. So not taking a face value that yes it can do it and the talk from the salesperson but yeah. thinking through working through the scenarios and looking at the prototype and say right well how does it actually process how would it actually function in that in that scenario we, we we've had one um recently we've got a concept of of a diploma within assist we have diplomas and and the diplomas are built up of individual modules certifications we often have salespeople attempting to sell us off the shelf solutions that cannot cater for the concept of a diploma mm -hmm. as, a, as an overriding entity over and above the certificates or the modules and and as soon as you get into the depths of scenario analysis or you start looking at prototype you realize that the solution's not fit for purpose and it, it, it you know it's, it's a problem in the data model whether Mm. I'm exploring that via the what it does and through the interface, but but knowing that it, it can't it can't cope with mm. the, the processing that I'm looking at to do, for example. I've got I've got a great example of of, of that situation actually. I, I mean I, I'm an examiner for, for BCS, uh, as indeed you are, Jonathan. Um and uh, I remember going on to a, going into a training provider, quite quite a big training provider. Um, and they used a booking system for courses and they tried to use their booking system for courses to book candidates on their individual exam slots so that they could arrange for the examiners to come in. They knew who was taking the exam at what time. But at one point, um, uh, as an examiner, I turned up at the venue and all of a sudden all of the candidates were sitting in the waiting area. And, and it later transpired that the person that was using this booking system, the booking system was geared up for courses. So the course had a start time of nine o'clock or whatever. And there was only one start time for that event. Um, and they tried to sort of set this up. So, of course, everyone was told that the time they needed to be there was at nine o'clock, even though some people had an exam in the afternoon at, at three o'clock. Um, because the system couldn't go down to that level of granularity in, in terms of the data to be able to specify for each candidate a separate time. So, you know, these things are quite problematic in business terms, aren't they? Purely because somebody hasn't really fully understood the data and, and the, the business need. Does the data support that business need and that business requirement? I can relate to that. And also, Jonathan, uh, by going through scenarios, you can also get to the point that 
at some point there are decisions to be made or a calculation to be made or something, you know, something that goes into the, we call it in Dutch, you know, the, the, the thing where you go either this way or that way in, in the model and in the behavior. Uh, and at that point, you can help yourself and your stakeholders into, uh, into, into going deep into the question, do we really know, do we really have all available information to make the decision or to make that calculation or to, to decide whether it's A or B, et cetera. Mm. So there, there are a lot of uh, uh, points at which you can relate to. Do we not only have our rose and fish mm. uh, documented or uh, 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 in place, but do we also have the moon supporting that rose and fish? Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of things. I, I think you, you can do a lot of things without mentioning things like ERD or class diagram or something like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So maybe, maybe that, you know, maybe those concepts, those those techniques are almost getting in the way of BAs. Um, you, you know, it's putting them off having those kind of discussions because oh no 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 we, we don't really want to get into all of that. That's the technical stuff. But it's better, you know, to have some conversations about it than to, to say, yeah. right, that's someone else's problem, isn't it? Is it? Is there another angle on this in terms of um, the value of the data itself when it's contained in the solution and the insight that you can get as a result of, you know, well-structured, accurate data with regard to your customers or your users or your partners? If you've got that, you've got an ability to potentially identify trends in your customer base, for example. You might um, gain insight that, that gives you ideas for new features or new services. And the, the business value of the data, I think, is also underestimated. And it, it's sort of assumed that if we've got the system, we'll be able to harvest the data and get the, get the insights. But... I'm not. I'm not sure that that always that assumption is correct, and that we should perhaps be placing more emphasis on what data do we want to capture because that data is of value, immense value. It's an asset to the organisation for its future in terms of what it does. I and mean, if you look at Amazon, you know, taking the the data that it it has on its consumers to you know identify trends, predict new products, new services, and, and constantly checking back and, and seeing, seeing well, are things working or not? Um, Pete, I think you've been looking at some of this space recently in terms mm. of data analytics. Yeah, I, I think there's an, an interesting, almost niche there for, for BAs, but, you know, understanding what the purpose of the data is, what data we need, and, 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 possibly sort of starting with the, the why i know that's a popular view isn't it to start with why um, you know what problems are we trying to solve what questions are we trying to answer what decisions are we trying to support and enable and then say right well in order to answer those questions in order to you know make those decisions what information do we need um and you know sometimes people maybe also get a bit caught up on the information versus data you know information is something that BAs find quite natural it's part of the pocket model etc as soon as you mention the word data then people start to think oh that's that's something more technical isn't it 
but you know we don't need to split hairs between what is the difference between information and data but um you know just focus on the information side of it what information do we need to support these business needs mm. and to answer those those questions mm. um so so i think there's there probably is something in there isn't there there's a, there's a technique called the information concept model um which is in the business architecture tool set um and, and business analysts can pick it up as well and it, and it it models the inf the literally the information concepts of the business and they're one word um, descriptions of those pieces of information that are important for the business and it's a for me a really useful technique to pick up and use for your business and to start to build your confidence in modeling data if you've seen an ERD or a class model and you've been confused because of the notation perhaps um, this business information model or information concept model doesn't have a great deal of notation it's got boxes with a word mm -hmm. of the information and a, and a line between the other information concepts that are related so customer and event for example would be two information concepts that you'd link with two boxes and there isn't there isn't any real other mm -hmm. uh, difficult bits of the notation um but it, you know just just picking up and using some of these models talking about them asking for help um and and having a go because there, there's value in them mm, absolutely I'm, I'm conscious um uh, of time uh, guys and, and so we, we probably ought to sort of start to wrap this thing up so if um if i can go to, to you danny you know ask if are there any sort of final comments thoughts that you want to leave us with yeah, an observation on, on, on this on, on this BA Blue uh, session itself is that we started off with saying that moon rose fish are equally important. There is no order; you need to have them all. Uh, and yet, a, a good part of the rest of the talk is about the moon, which which is funny because we say uh, naturally we 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 go about with the user interface and the behavior. Yeah, which we all know, and uh, the, the data information things model is uh, is a bit more uh, perhaps technical or, or some or, uh, is a bit of a threshold for a lot of BAs. Mm -hmm. And yet we are including Jonathan talking about that uh, all of the time. Mm -hmm. So that's a funny observation, and I agree because if you don't get your information set. In whatever way, right? Uh, it, it's a, it's a lot harder to change the data model or the re registers than to change the way things look or than to change behavior. Mm. Yeah, ab absolutely. So it's funny. We start out with it's equally important, and maybe and then we've done it, a deeper dive on the It's not, on it's the not that bad that the moon is is the first one. Mm. Good, good point. Um, Jonathan, any any final thoughts, comments? Maybe there's a listener sat there thinking, well, I don't have time to do that. My job is to write a user story and we don't have time to think about the data. I don't have time to think about the business rules in detail or you know, some of the other aspects. And, and I'm just going to say, well, you know, we should iterate and learn, absolutely, continuously to improve and, and prototype. But if you don't think about it, who is going to think about it? And, and for me, if you're a business analyst, you're working in an agile context where your primary vehicle for writing your requirements is a user story, you should be thinking about the user story extension given when then, um, 
behavior-driven development has helped to popularize that particular extension. It helps you with the business rules, the interface screen specifications, um, and or the prototypes. And using those, I mean, if you combine it with those given when then statements, combining that with scenario analysis can really start to help people to explore the data without necessarily bringing out an ERD diagram mm -hmm. or a class diagram, but you're still getting to the, the depths of the detail and asking, asking hopefully the appropriate questions to make sure the solution works. Mm. Some, yes. some good stuff there. So thank you very much to, to Jonathan and, and Danny for that. Thanks to everyone who's listening or watching. Um, if anyone has any ideas for any future BA brews, please do email us on babrew at assistkd.com. Thank you. Bye, folks. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.